is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Tia. And we are now into week 12. For many of you, just two weeks left in your fantasy regular season. So it's winning time. we got to help you this week. we got to help you rest of the season. I am Adam Azor here with Dave Richard. What's up, Adam? Yes. Welcome to week 12. And a special shout out, if I may, to everyone who is still subscribing, downloading, and listening to our podcast, even though you aren't going to make it in the playoffs in your league. There's a lot of people who are trying to make it. That I get. But for those of you who are eliminated from playoff contention, but you're still listening to us, you're doing the right thing. And we appreciate it. And you know one of the secrets to winning a fantasy football is being involved in fantasy football year-round. And I think that yes. listening to our podcast year-round, we don't stop ever, not even during the offseason. No. Not even during the dead of the offseason when nothing's going on. We're still talking football. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for being here. I did a podcast uh, from my honeymoon with, with you guys on Skype. Yeah, that was pathetic. No, that's not if, true. If I had done that on my it's honeymoon, I probably would have come back from the honeymoon unmarried. <laughs> it's a big lie. It's a big lie. But we got big news for you today. We'll give you waiver wire priorities at each position. Then later in the show, we'll go deeper into each position. I know everybody wants to stash uh, some players for the playoffs, so I'll look at some quarterbacks who have good playoff matchups, and Dave can tell us if they're worth stashing. I think Tyrod Taylor is uh, definitely a guy to get for both the short term and the long term. I mean, the playoffs are only three weeks away. So it's not really that long term anymore. Uh, we gotta talk about the Broncos offensive coordinator. A freaking great game last night. 34-31. And I don't usually do this, but I did, I do well, I will brag. Uh, I did beat Dave <laughs> on the two point conversion. The Wilson to Jimmy Graham two point conversion late in the game that made it 34-31. That was my winning play. I was down one before that play. I got four points because I had both. And I beat you in the two quarterback league. Good for you. Thank you. But you beat me in IDP, so good for you. That's too bad because I'm already out of it in the IDP league. I know. So I wasn't happy. Spoiler at that point. I got, uh, I got dacked. I had dack, negative two points. So that's sad. Yeah, that was bad. All right. Denver fired offensive coordinator Mike McCoy. They promoted quarterbacks coach Bill Musgrave. What is the impact here for the Broncos who might start Paxton Lynch this week at Oakland? You might see all kinds of changes from Denver with Musgrave. First of all, I, uh, I've, I've always been a fan of Mike McCoy, but obviously after he fell out of favor with the Chargers and then now fired again within the span of 10 months, I believe, by the Broncos, um, maybe he's just not quite as good as I thought. It, but I do know that Bill Musgrave does have a pretty good track record of success. He was with the Raiders last year. It was kind of surprising that they let him go and replaced him with Todd Downing. And now he's going to be at the control of the Broncos. Could be a quarterback change there. Could also be a running back change. And we saw Devontae Booker lead the way in snaps, touches, and total yards uh, in Week 11. And after C.J. Anderson fumbled late in the game, that was a bad fumble. I think you could see Booker kind of take over, and he's out there in a ton of leagues. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Lynch. Wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot more of Devontae Booker moving forward. And I mentioned this with Heath on the Sunday show, that after that fumble that Dave mentioned, C.J. Anderson did not have a touch rest of the game. Nope. It was it was the fourth quarter, but still, it was crunch time. It was big, big stuff, and C.J. Anderson did not have a touch. I also want to mention Jamie's out sick today. Hope to get him back tomorrow. Heath, look, at, he might come on the show in about ten minutes. So it's kind of a crazy week, as you can imagine. 
Uh, there is fantasy football today. Actually, Dave, you could tell us what the FFT schedule is for the video show. Uh, you have a show every day, right, this week? Including Thanksgiving right. Day. So when you wake up in the morning on Thanksgiving, get yourself a little coffee, some breakfast, maybe a Danish. And then uh, I believe we're alive at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Helping you lead the way to the first football game on Thanksgiving Day. We are taking time away from our family to be with our other family, Aww. our Fantasy Football Today family. And that is the video show we're talking about, Fantasy yes. Football Today. The well, pod- it's everybody. Everybody listens to the podcast. Everybody watches the videos. If you've never checked out our videos before, it's a live video stream on CBSSports.com. I invite you to try it on Thanksgiving. It will be go. me. It will be Heath Cummings. And uh, it's going to be a good time. And we will have at least five podcasts this week. Not 100% sure about the mailbag. I imagine we'll have it, but we'll have at least five podcasts. Might record the Thursday show on Wednesday, but either way, uh, we will have stuff for you. And, uh, and tomorrow, well, I'll tell you about tomorrow's show in a bit. Let's get back to the notes. By the way, is Devontae Booker your waiver wire superstar this week, your number one priority? He's my uh, he's my BFF, and that's assuming Aww. I don't need a quarterback. In a couple of leagues, I'm going to need one, but that's a personal story. Maybe if you uh, have been streaming, it's a, it's a good week to go to the waiver wire and pick up some guys. And it's pretty deep at wide receiver. You could probably get away from uh, getting Corey Coleman. He would be the best wide receiver to add. You can go and get Booker first and then come back and get another wide receiver, somebody like Jamison Crowder, and uh, probably still be very happy with your ad drop shopping. I imagine there will be a lot of players who are widely owned, not that available, but randomly will be available in your league, especially at running back. Deion Lewis is 82% owned. Samaje Pirine is 79% owned. Latavius Murray is 81%. Alex Collins is 79%. All these guys, maybe one of them, maybe one of them is available in your leagues, maybe none. But, you know, it's a time of year where some owners just have quit. And these guys slip through the cracks a little bit. So, uh, you know, maybe you want Deion Lewis or Pirine or, or Latavius or Collins over Booker, right? Yes. Yeah. So that, so, you know, we'll get into that in a bit, but, but just keep that in mind. Um, you know, you gotta look at those guys who are owned in, in a lot of leagues. Maybe some of them slip through. Also, I think Aaron Rodgers is a big priority this week for, for some owners, but get Dave's opinion on that. Jameis Winston will not start this week, so it will be Fitzpatrick again. You could stream him at Atlanta. It's not a great matchup. Uh, Blaine Gabbert's going to start for Arizona. How about well, the game Gabbert had? Yes. Unfortunately, he gets Jacksonville this week. Right. So going to no. be a little tougher. Right. Um, Buffalo has not made a quarterback decision yet. It's, Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Do you know how ridiculous it's going to look if they go to Peterman again? Yes. I can imagine. It's because all I have to do is think about Sunday. It was pretty ridiculous. I, I got an interesting theory floated on that whole situation from Hank Goldberg, who watches games with us on Sundays here at CBS Sports. He doesn't believe it was a coach's decision. I, I wouldn't. That's what I said on, on yeah. Sunday's show. Maybe it wasn't. They've made some crazy decisions. Yeah, he thinks this one came from above Sean McDermott. And it might again, and if it does, then that tells you a lot of the state of the Bills at this point in time. Yeah. Kelvin Benjamin has no ligament damage, speaking of the Bills, but we don't know if he'll be able to play this week at the Chiefs. Greg Olson, not a guarantee to play this week. We will hopefully be interviewing him later this afternoon, but you will be able to hear that tomorrow. He's supposed to play. He's trending that way, just not a guarantee, and Olson's 80% owned. Mike Davis started at running back for Seattle, but he left with an injury. Thomas Rawls was inactive, and we'll talk about those crappy running backs. They do have a great matchup at San Francisco this week. 
So, Dave, if you were going to pick one Seahawks running back, who would it be? It's J.D. McKissick. Okay. We don't it, know. It's not, it's not Lacey. It's not Davis. Davis is hurt, so he's an easy guy to get. But what if he plays? We don't, we don't know that Davis is out, right? We don't. But yeah. I'm, I wouldn't recommend adding him. Right. Certainly not, certainly not with my first or second waiver claim, and I wouldn't put in any of my fab to get him. Robert Woods is out at least two weeks. That's a killer. Yeah, that sucks. Um, that used to mean nothing when Robert I, Woods got hurt, but he's yeah. been great. Standard and PPR leagues. And Steelers right tackle Marcus Gilbert has a four game suspension for violating the PED policy. He, ben Roethlisberger has been a lot better with Gilbert in the lineup. He's a good right tackle. That hurts. I don't know that it matters against Green Bay, who maybe, maybe won't have Clay Matthews and I don't know. It's, is this a big deal for Ben Roethlisberger who's just finally hitting his stride? No Kenny Clark either for the Packers. It, it could be a big deal. Yeah. Gotta go back and, and check out how those numbers were without him and who they played. I'll but tell you. He had, I, 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 go ahead. In, in six games without Gilbert, he had 13, 12, 2, 20, and 16 fantasy points. Who did he play? You look at the, uh, I don't remember all of them, but you look at the last two games. There was the Jaguars game in there. There was a Chiefs game, I believe. The last two games, I believe, were against the Bengals and at Detroit. And he played pretty well in those games. So I'm encouraged. You know, 20 points against the Bengals and then 16 points at Detroit. But remember, he had 300-something yards. There was a drop touchdown. He started playing better. Um, So that was encouraging for Roethlisberger. Uh, all right. Do you expect the following players? Sterling Shepard Thursday. Not as of now. Devontae Freeman. No, not as of now. Ty Montgomery. Also not as of now. And Jordan Reed. What the heck have I been saying for the last three guys? <laughs> not as of now. On tomorrow's show, we will talk about the best playoff DSTs. If you have any commissioner questions, maybe vetoing trades, maybe setting uh, rules or whatever, email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com with your commissioner questions. Please put commissioner question in the subject line, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We'll preview the three Thanksgiving games, and we'll talk to Greg Olson. Dave, let's get some priorities. Your top three at each position. Later in the show, we'll dig a little deeper. Top three waiver wire quarterbacks. If Andy Dalton is still out there, he's available in 33% of CBS leagues. Go get him. He's playing Cleveland. You know what that means. Uh, behind him, it's Tyrod Taylor, who's owned in 57% of leagues, and Case Keenum, who's available in 52% of the fantasy leagues. All right, so it was Dalton, Taylor, and Keenum. Right, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick is fourth, but you didn't ask me for fourth. No, and, and later on we'll discuss the merits of Eli Manning. Matt Moore, who's at New England. Um, Brissett, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett facing Tennessee. We've got Joe Flacco is kind of interesting because he's got Houston. I mean, 23 or more fantasy points to four straight quarterbacks uh, allowed by Houston, including Brissett and Gabbert. But the top three are Dalton with a bullet. Uh, Taylor at Kansas City, it's not a bad matchup. No, it's and it's also assuming that Tyrod, you know, starts. Right. And Case Keenum. Uh, he is facing Detroit. I, alright, so, might have to disagree here. I, this seems like a tough matchup for Keenum. He, uh, he's playing really well though, but at Detroit, thing. only two quarterbacks have scored more than 17 fantasy points against Detroit. One was Cam Newton. The other was Deshaun Kaiser. He had 24 fantasy points, but he only had, uh, 13 of them as a passer, four, uh, 11 of them as a rusher. That's true. Um, I just feel like the Lions haven't taken on a lot of tough quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why their fantasy numbers are so skewed. 
Like, should the Dak Prescott owner be looking at Andy Dalton this week? Yeah, I think you might want to. Should the Stafford owner facing Minnesota be looking yeah. at them? Yeah. All right. All right, how about running back, your favorite running backs this week? We already talked about Devontae Booker. We can get into it a little bit later, but he's number one for me. J.D. McKissick is going to be number two. And then I really don't have a third. And, and these are all guys that are 65% owned or less. Because you touched on the, the P. Ryans and the Alex Collins of the world who could still be out there on the waiver wire in a few leagues. Um, Terry Cohen could be on the waiver wire. He's interesting. But the guys that are widely available, Booker one, J.D. McKissick two, and I'll go with Austin Ack Ack Eckler third. <laughs> Corey Clement's another possibility. He is. Leagues. He is. I just I I feel like he's a guy you'll never start with confidence until slash unless Legarrette Blunt gets kicked to the curb. There really are a ton of running backs though in the shallower leagues, it's like Deion Lewis, like Latavius Murray, Samaje Pirine, Alex Collins. Who's the best in that group? Deion Lewis, Latavius Murray, Pirine, and Collins. I'm, I, I will, I'll say Deion Lewis is the best of that group because it looks like he's the best running back for the Patriots right now. And they have the Dolphins this week. They have the Dolphins twice in the next three weeks. Yeah, that's pretty nice. They have Buffalo. They have a great schedule. Um, P. Ryan's got the Giants on Thursday. Then he's at Dallas. Then he's at the Chargers. He has a pretty good schedule. I'm not sure about the Giants. Maybe their defense woke up a little bit, just actually started trying. Uh, so that could be a tough one on Thursday, but I don't know about that it will be. And then Alex Collins is pretty interesting. He's got Houston this week. They have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs. And in They've their last – what's that? They've been great. Yeah. The run. Their last five games, Todd Gurley is the only running back with more than six fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. So I love Collins. I don't know about this week, You Dave. just don't start him. Yeah. Pick him up and stash him, and if you've got him already, just – Keep him on your bench if you can help it. Would you pick up Danny Woodhead or would you pick up Devontae Booker? Booker over Woodhead. Standard or PPR. Wow. Now this is on the hope that they bench CJ Anderson. It's a matter of time if they don't. We've been saying that. I mean. Yeah, well, CJ Anderson hasn't been that great. All he did last week was score a touchdown. Outside of that, he didn't do a lot. He's not, he doesn't have the playing time anymore. The fumble could crush him. Booker is more versatile. He can do more for the offense than Anderson can, and he might be faster. We haven't really seen any evidence that Devontae Booker is good, though. So remember last He's, year— He puts up enough yardage to help fantasy owners, and the catches have been there for him. With, if the I would disagree. Well, I'm just saying last year he averaged 3.5 yards per carry or something. This year he's averaging 3.8. Um, Improvement. Yeah. I mean, he had—okay, so last year they turned it over to Booker. He had a six-game stretch with double-digit carries in every game, 17 or more carries in five of those six games. He was a true workhorse. And he did score eight or more fantasy points in standard in five of the six games. But it was ugly. He did it all on volume. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry in those six games. Uh, so all I'll tell you, and I'll throw it to Heath, who just sat in. Good morning, Heath. Good morning, Dave. Here, here's what his carry totals have been over his last four games. Six, six, eight, fourteen. I would say that that's trending in the right direction. The rushing average is bad, but it's been bad for CJ Anderson, at least in half of his last four games. Well, he's also got a great matchup at Oakland. I should mention that. They are terrible. That, that's a big deal. It, yeah. it is a big deal. And against Oakland, Anderson had 95 yards on 20 carries. He did really well. But I just wonder if there's a full changing of the guard coming in Denver, 
And I, I think Booker, especially with his pass catching prowess, could be a a helpful addition to that offense. Heath, Danny Woodhead or uh, Devontae Booker? Ooh, that's a good question. I'll just, I mean, make it simple, and we'll say Devontae Booker and standard and Danny Woodhead and PPR. But Booker's catching passes. He is like catching Woodhead passes. Is. I. This I, I I think the fact that he's doing more than catching passes gives him an edge over Woodhead. This was just Woodhead's first game back, though. I just expect him to be more involved moving forward in the passing game only. Um, we saw, oddly, Danny Woodhead comes back, and all of a sudden Alex Collins' targets explode, and he starts getting more passes mm-hmm. passes thrown at his way. It's I don't, in Flacco's I, head to throw to the running back. I now. don't necessarily expect that to continue. But, uh, yeah, I, I would probably still add Woodhead in a PPR league. Because I feel very confident in what Woodhead's role is going to be moving forward. Uh, Heath, how you doing? Welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, I wanted to congratulate you. Uh, fantastic take on Twitter last night. Um, really clarifying for everyone. And I think it's just an important distinction to make that if you create something, if you name something, then you are the one that says it's how it's said, right? Oh, the, oh, thank you. Yes. We need to talk about this. Like, it's clearly Alvin Kamara. Uh, is that what he says? Or is Bob? His mom. Okay. So Heath is talking about the GIF versus JIF thing. And yes. I'm, I'm kind of getting killed on Twitter for saying JIF. Look, I know that the G stands for graphical, or is it graphic or graphical? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the, the guy who created GIFs or JIFs pronounced it with a J. That is true. That's why I say JIF. I think he's an idiot. For saying GIF. Oh no, he created GIFs. What are you talking about? But he All he, I want to say is if it's GIF, it's definitely Kamara. No, I don't agree. No, with no, no I, I, I'm correct. I mean, I see your logic. I'd have to, it's, uh, it stands for graphics. Is graphical a, a word or did I make that up? Look, as far as I'm concerned, GIF was created by the JM Smucker company. <laughs> That's also true. Alright, let's go to wide receiver. Heath, uh, are you prepared or should I just throw it to Dave? I am. Uh, are you kidding me? I, I don't How know. Do not be prepared to talk about the wonder that is eleven target Corey Coleman. Woo! Yeah. Woo! The second most receiving yards all year against Jacksonville. Eighty last week for Corey Coleman. Only Antonio Brown had more. So who would be your top three then? Corey Coleman and then who? I would go Corey Coleman, and then I would go Jamison Crowder. And then I would go Josh Doxson. Oh, okay. So next, so it's Crowder over Doxson. I, I, Crowder over Doxson. The targets, especially with Chris Thompson gone, I think we'll see more of those shorter range targets going to Jamison Crowder. Uh, both of these guys, though, phenomenal matchup against the New York Giants. Uh, this week, they're both going to be top 30 wide receivers for me this week. Uh, I like Crowder I just and pump, pump the brakes, though, because Janoris Jenkins finally decided he wanted to start playing. It was just a one-game thing. That you, I'm not going to count on Janoris Jenkins trying. Uh, I mean, I guess. On Thanksgiving, no less. <laughs> you know he's going to eat a bunch of turkey before he plays. He's probably going to fall asleep on the bench. <laughs> um, well, I didn't know he was a big turkey. What if he's a ham guy? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I uh, So... I think I'd go Crowder over Coleman just just because of the offense. Well, and speaking to that, Coleman's 80 yards, it was the second best a receiver has done against Jacksonville in the season. It was also the second most for a Browns receiver all year. Well, who would you take, Dave, Coleman or Crowder? I think Coleman's upside, combined with the fact that he catches so many passes, make him a better option mm-hmm. than Crowder. 
I think Coleman is the surefire number one guy. And then after that, I think it's a grab bag on who you want number two. I think Kenny Stills, if, if it's going to be Matt Moore under center for Miami, Kenny Stills is going to be good. I, we, we're ranking it like it's Matt Moore, but his head coach has said, I can't think of any reason that if Jay Cutler is healthy, he wouldn't be the starting quarterback. Yeah, but he also said he hasn't talked to Jay Cutler since the concussion. So who knows what's going on in Miami. I think Stills, uh, who's already 60% owned, so he's not going to be out there in every league, is someone that people can gravitate toward. Crowder, if you're in a PPR league and you just need somebody safe, good 11-point fantasy floor in PPR leagues, he would be your number two guy. And if you're looking for a wide receiver just for this week, a plug-and-play, I don't know why you would need one because nobody's on by. But Mike Wallace is taking on those Texans. They allow a ton of numbers to wide receivers through the air. Blaine Gabbert just threw three touchdowns against them. Two were to Ricky Seals-Jones, but Seals-Jones is a converted receiver playing tight end in the NFL. I think Mike Wallace is a really good sleeper for Week 12. Right, and maybe you don't want to drop Jeremy Macklin just yet. And nope. finally, there was one other guy. Oh, Rashard Matthews, 70% owned at the Colts. Now, I, I thought this was a great matchup, but I look at the last three weeks and what the Colts have done to number one receivers. A.J. Green had three catches for 27 yards and a touchdown. It's You know, it's fine, but it's not great for Green. Hopkins had six catches for 86 yards and a touchdown, but he had that on 17 targets. There's no way Rashard Matthews is getting that. He gets seven a game. Antonio Brown had three catches for 47 yards. So should we be shying away from a 70% owned Rashard Matthews? I'm, I'm wondering if the Colts are going to cover him the same way they covered those other receivers. They might right. not look at Rashard Matthews the same way. And, and I would imagine Rashad Melvin, that's their cornerback that's stepped up big lately. Uh, my guess is that he would probably get assigned half the field. I've got to see where he's been playing. But they, they might stick him on Corey Davis because they know that Corey Davis is dangerous. They could also flip flop throughout the game. So I'm not ready to say that they're going to give Rashard Matthews the Antonio Brown treatment. Okay. Uh, so Rashard Matthews is better than Antonio Brown. It's basically what we're saying. Let's go to tight ends. Your favorite tight ends this week, Dave Richard. My favorite tight end is Charles Clay. <laughs> Bill That's, Clay. And I, it, it's not an exciting week at tight end. Luckily, we're through the bye week, so there there should be some ample streaming options. You might have to wait till after the first day of waivers to get them because people that were starting negligible tight ends are going to cut them. They're going to get back their stud tight ends. They're going to get back Greg Olson this week. Hopefully hopefully they drop some tight ends and you can go back to waiver wire by Friday and get get a good one. But Clay, it, we're right back where we started with Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor, we figure he's going to be under center. Calvin Benjamin, we figure he's not going to play. So it's going to be like old times. Tyrod throwing to Charles Clay eight times a game. I, I don't know if my math's right, but by my math, Greg Olson is available in 20% of leagues. Vernon Davis is available in 23% of leagues. Jack Doyle is available in 25% of leagues. And Tyler Croft is available in 29% of leagues. One of those guys should be available right. in your league. Yeah, like the running backs, Adam. Yeah, that's probably. exactly what I was going to say. You got you got running backs who are owned in about 75-80% of leagues. You're hoping one of them is there, whether it's Lewis or Latavius or Pirine or... Uh, who, or, you know, Burkhead or, or Woodhead or somebody like that. With tight end, it's the same. If the guys that Heath just mentioned, I mean, Vernon Davis, if we don't expect Jordan Reed to play, Vernon Davis facing the Giants, unbelievable. Uh, that should be great. Jack Doyle has Tennessee. He had seven catches for 50 yards and a touchdown the first time he faced Tennessee. Uh, Greg Olson has the Jets. Nothing to worry about there. Tyler Croft has Cleveland. So it's not only that these guys are, are available in 20 to 25 or 30 or 30% of leagues, but they all are going to be worth starting. I mean, they're all going to be probably in your top 15, if not top 12, I'm assuming. Olsen, Davis, Doyle, Croft. Yep. Top yep. 12. Yeah. Yep. 
Austin Hooper's 80% owned. He's not as good this week, you'd think, because the Bucks have actually been pretty good against tight ends, allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, but Charles Clay is the guy who's widely available. He's 44% owned. And then Dave Adam Shaheen, 1% owned. It looks like he's going to be a regular part of the Chicago offense. He's been playing a lot of snaps since their bye two weeks ago. And he's, he's a monster. He's six foot seven and 275 pounds. Perfect type of red zone threat for Mitch Trubisky to lean on. So you, you kind of start him with the hope that he gets you six, seven, eight fantasy points. Speaking of monsters, Dave, uh, and Heath, I just finished, uh, Stranger Things season two last night. You Great. know, it's, it's really good. I, I think you should watch. Tell us more amazing facts about your personal life. <laughs> Uh, wow. Do I have anything? Wow. I don't know. I, I like to recommend good TV shows. What's wrong with that? You should watch it. Okay. Uh, DST is Heath. Who are we streaming this week? Well, uh, again, it's kind of a similar situation. If the Bengals are available, go get them quickly. I'm pretty excited, though, about the Atlanta Falcons this week. They have, early in the year, they didn't give me what I was hoping for out of them, which I didn't think they were necessarily a good defense in terms of points allowed, but I expected big plays. They've started to do that more here recently, and they get Fitzmagic. They're only 26% owned. They're at home. I like it. All right, we got the Bengals. We got the Falcons. Any other DSTs, guys? Uh, the Chargers are completely and totally dependent on whether Tyron Smith plays. Yes. And the Chargers could be a good two-week streamer. They have Dallas on Thursday. Now, cross-country trip on a short week, that's tough. But they have a great pass rush. We know that. And they've played... Five good games in their last six for the Chargers, the only exception being at New England in Week 8. Well, uh, and, like, and they, it, it's, I know about your East Coast bias, but it's it's really only, oh, like, yeah, half, right. it's only like half the country. Yeah, that's kind of stupid, but it is still a short week. <laughs> what the hell? Like They're in the NFC East. I guess I got confused. <laughs> Dallas is definitely not on the East Coast. Um, but then they've got Cleveland, the Chargers, in uh, in Week 13. So you could have them for two weeks. And we'll talk about some more DSTs a little bit later. You know, Heath, I know you're uh, – Making fun of me for my geography, I deserve that. But I would also like to point out that you really were so sure that you were going to beat me in draft this week when we did the draft on the air last week. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I remember it. I beat you 116.72 to 59.56. This is the the biggest slaughter I've ever experienced on draft. And I enjoyed it, and I'd love to do another one, Heath. So we'll have to do that later this week. Um, yeah, look, I, I started Julio Jones and I beat Heath by like 50. So I love the draft app. I went four and one this week. Listeners, I'm crushing you. Bring it on. Big Kane two on draft. You can challenge me. I got about 50 challenges last week and I accepted four of them. So I'll try to do a little bit better this week. But if you love fantasy football, you need to try the draft app or go to playdraft.com. You do a quick draft. You heard us on the air doing it really quickly. It took about a minute. You get 30 seconds per pick, and you obviously don't need to use all 30 seconds. I like the expert drafts. They remove some of the top players, make it a little bit more difficult. And you don't have to play one-on-one. You can play in leagues of up to 10 people. It's really, really fun. You can win some cold, hard cash, and drafts start at just $1. So download the draft app. Go to playdraft.com. That's the other way you can play, whatever you want. And for a limited time only, get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. You have to use the promo code FFToday. That's right. The promo code is FFToday. Go to dra- go to playdraft.com or download the draft app and use the promo code FFToday. Let's talk uh, quickly about the Sunday night and Monday night games. We'll start with last night's game. Atlanta 31. No, Atlanta 34. Seattle 31. 
and you knew the Seahawks had a banged up secondary, and uh, Shaq Griffin left in the opening minutes, made them even more banged up. They also lost running back Mike Davis and right guard Ode Abushi. But Heath, I want to talk about the Falcons here, and what's your take on Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? Matt Ryan is averaging only one fewer, not even one fewer pass attempt per game than last year. But the yards are down 52 per game and .8 touchdowns per game, uh, which is a huge deal. So he, he cannot crack, you know, he cannot get over 22 fantasy points. Meanwhile, Julio Jones is the number 21 wide receiver in standard, number 14 in PPR. He's kind, he's, I'd say he's been a bust. What do you think about the, the passing game? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? No, I actually don't. I'm I'm actually not that not that worried about either of them for the rest of the season. Matt Ryan is still playing football at a very high level. He had some touchdown regression coming. That really should not have surprised anyone too much. He's averaging 17.1 fantasy points per game, which is not good. It's mostly the touchdowns though. It's four tenths of a point per game less than Ben Roethlisberger after Roethlisberger just scored 36. I think Ryan's going to be a low-end number one quarterback. He's he's basically been the same guy as Derek Carr this year. And then Julio, it's the same thing. It's the touchdowns. Maybe he is a bust because he's only going to be a low-end number one wide receiver the rest of the way instead of a high-end number one wide receiver. But this is a get-right week for both of them. But he hasn't Hopefully been a number one. I mean, he's on pay, Julio's on pace for 86 catches, 1,258 yards. That's pretty low. Yes, it's not, you know, it is, I mean, largely the touchdowns. He has one touchdown this year. And he's yeah. getting targets, he's got six targets inside the 10 yard line. That's not bad. That's tied for 10th most in the NFL. Uh, right. You figure it, it's gotta come. Just, yeah, it's frustrating. He's still almost- Oh, I, I know it's frustrating. I'm not trying to say that he hasn't been bad. It's just, I don't know what you're going to do about it. You're not benching Julio Jones. I'd argue that he's the best by low candidate you can have right now. Assuming you can still make trades in your league. Okay. Yeah, so speaking of which, I think tomorrow will be probably our last trade show. I figure most people have their trade deadline right around Thanksgiving. Um, Mohamed Sanu, I mean, three catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. He's got three straight games with 35 or fewer yards, but three touchdowns in his last four games. Is Mohamed Sanu a hold, an, an ad if he's available, he's 81% owned, or a drop? Drop, drop, hold, or wait. Drop, start, hold, love, like, y- yes, no, I'm Muhammad Sanu. <laughs> <laughs> I think, first of all, he disappointed me. I thought he'd have a better game than this um, against Seattle. And I, I think what you'll see from Sanu is that he'll continue to be a red zone target hog, touchdown hog as well, keeping numbers away from Julio Jones because defense is key in on Julio, trying to take him away from Matty Ice when they're near the, the strike. I, I like him better in PPR. I think he's a little safer in PPR than standard because he doesn't average a lot of yards per catch. But he's still a good receiver. He's absolutely a great bench guy to have. I'm not okay. cutting him from that. And I would consider him probably close to the border of a number two, number three receiver, but more of a number three than a number two. Okay, so that's Mohamed Sanu, who's 81% owned. We look at the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. Buyer, uh, true or false, it's completely different game than buy or sell. Russell Wilson is the number one fantasy quarterback going forward. Buy. Sell. Top three, not top one. It's just the perfect situation. You've got a, a very talented quarterback 
with good receivers, a great tight end, no running game, a bad defense, and he runs the ball and leads his team in rushing. Bad defense? Yeah, they're a bad defense now. I don't know if they're I, a I bad they're defense. Struggling. Their secondary is in big trouble. They have a great run defense. Yeah. Um, I think one thing working against Wilson, if you want to really have this debate if he's number one, he does have Philadelphia and Jacksonville in back-to-back weeks. But but Atlanta was a tough matchup. This was the best game by far that a quarterback had had against Atlanta. He scored 34 fantasy points, and the previous high against the Falcons was 22 fantasy points. And, and imagine if Jimmy Graham doesn't drop that touchdown. Oh, let's not yeah. let's not rip Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham is uh is the number four tight end in fantasy. He's uh, got. It'd be higher if he hangs on to a touchdown. Are you talking about the crazy the crazy play where Wilson ran around and threw the yeah, ball? Yeah, and the ball went right. Through but his there's hands. also the play where he catches it in the flat and Keanu Neal just nails him. Just the perfect the hit one. to keep him out of the end zone. Uh, and one more thing, like Russell Wilson sold his soul because he has made. So many crazy decisions that for every other quarterback would be an interception, if not a pick six. And for him, they always seem to find a Seattle Seahawk. Um, but no, I mean, he's great. All right. Yeah. Jimmy Graham, he gets so many targets in the, in the end zone inside the 10. It's great. We don't have to say anything else about the Seahawks. Let's go to Philadelphia 37 and Dallas nine. And Heath, give me your takeaways on the running backs for the Eagles. Woof. 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 I, technically, J.H.I. had a good game uh, because of the big run. As long as he has a 60-yard run every week, I think we can feel confident starting him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can feel confident in him having a 60-yard run every week. Uh, when they said that LeGarrette Blunt's role wasn't changing, they were not joking. He's, I guess so. He's still getting 13 carries in this game. It's been right about 13 carries every game of the season. He did have 9 for 37 against Denver. Corey Clements going to be involved. The Kenyon Barner one was the real kick in the pants. Yes. That that was the the really uh yeah. I don't think you can confidently rank any of these guys as top twenty five running backs. Okay, well Clement or Barner rather, that was his only carry of the game, so hopefully that was a total fluke, but yeah, it's it's annoying. And, but he's arguably their best pass catching running back, and what they did a lot in this game, I don't know if they'll do it I would assume they're gonna do it moving forward. Is they would have a couple, a really good play and they'd go no huddle for three or four plays in a row. Well, if that good play happens to be when Barner or Clement, like there's no guaranteed short yardage back. Is it Clement or, Cl- or Clement? I think it's Clement. Alright, I thought they were Kamara, saying Kamara. Clement on the show, on the broadcast. It, drop, or drop, hold, start, Nelson Aguilar. I would hold on to Aguilar. If I could make a point quickly on LeGarrette Blunt. He had 13 carries. Everybody knows that. Three of them came in the first half, and the other 10 came with eight minutes to play or less in the third quarter. I believe the game was trending toward blowout city at that point. Which is weird because— That could be why they gave him so much work and more work than Ajayi. The week before, it was Corey Clement that had all of the work in garbage time. Maybe they're changing roles. Or maybe we just don't know, but they could have a (laughs) lot of garbage time. Let's face it. They are awesome. Um, <sighs> Alfred Morris, we feel, we'll talk about Dak later in the week, but we feel confident in Alfred. This was a really good game for him. 17 carries for 91 yards. They committed to him. That's the, the first good thing about it. And yep. even though Rod Smith had eight carries, he didn't do anything with it. So I think Alf is, is pretty safe as the guy there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until week 16. And San Diego went back to being bad at tackling last week. Yeah. So that's a positive for Short him. Short well. week helps Alfred Morris in that regard too. I like Alf a lot this week. And I know it's not San Diego. I don't care. 
<laughs> you just want to call it. You wish it were San Diego. San Diego's a beautiful place. So does Philip Rivers. He wouldn't have to take a four-hour van ride every day. Is it a four-hour van ride? Oh, no, I don't no. think it's a van. It's, it's like a two-hour <laughs> drive in a car that has a bunch of TVs, and he does his film study in it. Or at least one TV. I don't know how many you want. Like a big one. Uh, and finally, Des Bryant, eight catches for 63 yards on 14 targets. He is averaging 10.8 yards per catch this year. That's really bad. Four straight games without a touchdown and seven or for seven or fewer fantasy points in standard in those four straight games for Des. Is Des Bryant a must start wide receiver? He is not. He is in PPR. Yeah. He is not in a standard league and he's below 10 yards per catch in his last five games. I, I would say because I do think a majority of leagues now you either start three receivers or you start two in a flex. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then he's probably still a must-start. All right, guys. We've got a lot more to get to, including the dropometer and more waiver wire options at every position. It's really a great time of year to get someone in your life an awesome gift, and you don't want to have to break the bank. So Movement Watches is absolutely perfect for you. We have Movement Watches. I get compliments on my Movement Watch all the time, and they are beautiful, and they are classy, and they're minimalist. They're not showy or anything like that. Movement Watches start at just $95. You go to a department store and look for a watch, you're looking at a 400 to $500 purchase. So I think this is a really good idea with movement watches. And by the way, it's abbreviated as MVMT. You can skip the crowds, don't stand in the crazy lines, and get a great gift for somebody right now during the holiday season. This is the website you need to go to. You get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. MVMT.com slash Ffootball. MVMT.com slash Ffootball. And that's for 15% off You're going to love it. It's really hard to pick out the watch because there are so many that you're going to like with the classic design and just really good prices. That's MVMT.com slash FFootball. Join the movement. More news and notes for you. Uh, Dallas linebacker Anthony Hitchens left with an injury on Sunday night, so they could be without him and Sean Lee on Thursday. Kenny Clark, Green Bay's nose tackle. Uh, Dave mentioned this earlier. He's going to miss a few weeks with an ankle injury, so I think you're probably going to start Le'Veon Bell this week. Terrell Pryor's out for the year. Chris Thompson's out for the year. Will Fuller, we don't know if he's going to play this week, but he might, so keep that in mind. They have a Monday night game if you're looking to pick up Bruce Ellington. The Rams could be down two cornerbacks as they face the Saints this week, and Arizona released Andre Ellington. And That I, was a weird one. Well, probably means I should drop him for my fantasy team, just to guess. Well, hold on a sec. He could end up with another team. He's on waivers right now. You should see where he ends up first before you completely punt on him. Okay. Um, by the way, it looks like Hitchin, Hitchens excuse me, uh, will be able to play on Thanksgiving. At least that's what he says. Sean Lee isn't expected to play on Thanksgiving. That's according to Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. And Tyron Smith practiced on Monday. Nice. Maybe he's going to make his way back I hope against so. the Chargers on Thursday. Okay, so let me read just a few quick emails and tweets. You can email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. You can tweet us at Dave Richard, at Heath Cummings Sr., at Heath Cummings SR, at Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Sorry, our names and Twitter handles are so annoying. Jared from Atlanta, standard scoring league. Who would you rather own rest of season, Crowder or Doxon? Crowder. I think Crowder is a little safer. This one's from Daniel. Where's he from? Daniel is from Pine Hills, California. Better option moving forward, Dion Lewis or Samaje Pirine? I'll say Lewis. Uh, 
You're feeling the Pirine, huh? Well, you're pausing. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think this is a very difficult question. I was trying to find quickly Washington's schedule. I've got it right here. Okay. Would you like me to hand it to you? No, just tell me. They play the Giants on Thanksgiving. I like that matchup. At Dallas. I like that matchup. At the Chargers. I like that matchup. Arizona at home. Week 16, Denver at home. But by then, we don't even know who's going to be the running back for the Patriots. It's very right, close. Wait, wait, wait. I like okay. the Do you want to hear the Patriots? You're really on this. You're really on this? this. What's that? What do you mean we don't know who's going to be the running back for the Patriots? What does Deion Lewis have to do? What does Bill Belichick have to do to convince you that Deion Lewis is the running back for the Patriots? There's nothing Bill Belichick could do that would convince me that Deion Lewis is the running back a month for now. For if the he Patriots. walked into the office right no. now in his hoodie, yes, put his hand on your shoulder and said, Heath. My name is Bill Belichick. I approve this message. Yes. And Deion Lewis is going to be our running back until he breaks down or fumbles. You wouldn't believe him. Well, Deion Lewis, the second part's a key. <laughs> Deion Lewis has a much better schedule than, than Samaj P. Ryan, but I'm going to regret the rant I just went on, aren't I? He's, Belichick's going to Belichick, uh, I mean, I believe I don't that, know about that. I believe that Lewis is the guy. I'm not saying there's sh- other options. I'm not going to say for sure. That he is going to Belichick. I don't think that's a guarantee at all. I'm not trying to discount Deion Lewis. I think he's a top 15 running back for the rest of the season. But you say, what are his other options? Jay Gruden literally has no other options. That's true. Unless and, he gets Andre Ellington. And it's not like, oh, it's not like Deion Lewis gets 20 carries. You're hoping, you know, 15 is almost and P. like Ryan his just max. got 23. Right. So I got you there. I, I, I think that's, I, I think I'd I love say, the schedule for the Patriots. I, I think that. Deion Lewis is that guy until further notice. I don't think they're going to just on a whim put in Rex Burkhead or right. James White no, to take over that role. No, it won't be on a whim. I don't think they're going to put Mike Gillisley back in that role. It'll be because he showed up with his equipment bag and it had a little bit of rip in the bottom of it and Bill thought that was unprofessional. But you know what? Even, even, bring Bill his donuts. even with Lewis getting this workload, you will see Burkhead in there sometimes at the goal line. Mm-hmm. You will not see anyone else, I doubt. James for, White played. Inside the five last week. So, yeah, so so Pirine's got him there, but Lewis is probably a better player on a better offense. All right, so what's the final answer? I gave you mine. What was it? Heath, did you talk yourself? Pirine. All right, Adam, cast the deciding vote. Break the time. P. Pirine. Also, if somebody asked me this question, I would say it's a coin flip, but I lean Pirine. It's that close. And then our last question, who would you rather have as a backup quarterback, Keenum or Bridgewater or Jimmy Garoppolo? Do I get Keenum and Bridgewater as in, like, the Vikings team quarterback? No, pick Keenum. I'm going with Keenum. Yeah, it's Keenum. Because we just don't know about Garoppolo. When he's going to play, will he be any good, who's he throwing to? Okay. Lots of questions. So, having said that, let's go to the Drop-O-Meter. Just a crowdsource from the internet from our listeners. CJ Anderson, drop meter, zero to ten. Six. Three. Uh Doug Martin. Four. Five. These guys are bench guys. You, you want to have some depth at running back in case of bad luck, injuries, suspensions. Yeah. Who knows what? One of our listeners says, Devontae Parker, I am so mad at him right now, I don't even want to talk to him. <laughs> uh, uh, he's, I think he's fairly high on the dropometer. Drop five. I'm going to give him like a seven. Dave, he played three games at the beginning of the year, and he was the best receiver in football. Are you mocking mm. me? No. 
I'm sorry. Do you not like? Do you not understand? Do you not like facts? We don't like facts. We call this guy a third year breakout. He starts having his third year breakout, and all of a sudden we don't like facts. You can take the guy who gets 30 yards and finds his touchdown every week. I'll take the guy who gets 70 yards and six catches. And no, with Matt Moore, he's not as good. But I like facts. I almost missed this podcast, and I'm so happy that I'm here. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, Rex Burkhead, Rod Smith, where are they? Smith is. Like an eight, Burkhead is a three. Yeah, that's the same. I, I might put Burkhead as a two and Smith as a seven. Adrian Peterson. Eight. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think he's the, maybe the highest we've talked about yet. He's got two games coming up against terrible matchups and he's got David Johnson with a cast off talking about playing football. Right. Jacksonville this week, the Rams after that, week 14 against the Titans. That's his next good matchup at home. You might be interested in starting him then. You're going to hang on to him until then. Are you going to be playing fantasy football by then? Are you yeah. going to be in it? Jordan Reed, win? drop a meter. Jordan Reed. You just cut me off. Yeah, I, well, we've talked about it enough. I'm in the middle of a soliloquy. Maybe it, it turns into a poem about Adrian Peterson. <laughs> this is where we're going to disagree. It better. I'm going to hold Jordan Reed until they say he's not playing this week. If there's a chance that he's playing on Thanksgiving against the New York Giants, he's going to be in my starting lineup. I'm not going to – if he's on my roster right now, he'll stay on my roster until they say – tell me if he's playing or not Thursday. But you said this week. So does that mean that if he's inactive come Thanksgiving Day, you're going to cut him? Sure. Yes. Why? He like, had why a... not just stash him until – Okay. I'm not saying he's a 10. I'm saying he's I'm, – I'm asking what you would do. He is a zero until Thursday. That's what I'm saying. And uh, then is, is it a situation maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but okay. it's a situation where if you need the roster spot or if there's somebody on waivers on Thanksgiving Correct. Day that you want to pick up and have on your team ahead of Jordan Reed, that's when you make the move. If I have knowing, Jordan Reed and Doug Martin on my team, I would drop Reed before Martin. Yeah, I think it would depend on what I don't your know. situations like at running back or tight end with those guys. I mean, I mean, for, for Jordan Reed, like if he gets healthy, he could be a top five tight end. He could be a complete sure. difference maker. I don't know. I don't see that potential with Doug Martin to even be like a top 15 running back. Maybe top 15, but. I don't know. We've got just about as much history of one as the other. Well, no. I mean, when Jordan Reed is healthy, he's really good. Doug Martin is not anymore. Just, he hasn't been for a year and a half. 26 year old Doug Martin over the hill. I'm just saying, it's been a year and a half. He's been really bad. I don't know what else to do at this point. No, I, I can't start him with any confidence. I understand. All right, guys. Let's get back to the waiver wire. And let me ask you how important it is right now to stash Aaron Rodgers and David Johnson. I think it's a risk worth taking in both cases. Yep. Now, we did hear from Bruce Arians that it was very doubtful that David Johnson would come back. There is clearly a chance where he doesn't come back. There's clearly a chance where Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back because both of these teams, let's face it, I don't think they're headed toward the playoffs. Certainly not Arizona. So why would they put one of their star players back out there in a meaningless game where he could get hurt again? It's something to consider, but you know what the upside is with both, with, with Johnson and with Rodgers. Rodgers' situation I think is a little different. I think the Packers might put him out there anyway, even if there's nothing to play for. Well, if, just, he, has, it's, if it's, he has I think three they, games. I think they're so sick of Hundley that they could go back to Rodgers just to win a couple of games at the end of the year. Yeah, he could have three games. He could play weeks 15, 16, and 17, and, and they could probably need to win one more game before then to have a shot to make the playoffs, right? Because they have five wins. Yeah. So they get to six, and he could come back for three games. Like and they do play Cleveland in week 14, so that could be that win. 
Okay. Uh, so it, these are not bad guys to stash. Rodgers is owned in 48% of leagues. So quarterbacks, we talked about Andy Dalton. He's number one. He's got the Browns this week. Tyrod Taylor is up there. Case Keenum, you know, Dave and I discussed it. He does have a difficult matchup this week, but Keenum is playing very well. You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has Atlanta. And again, I mean, this is what I would say about Atlanta. No quarterback has scored more than 22 fantasy points against the Falcons, except for Russell Wilson. And as a passer, he scored 20 fantasy points. He had 14 points as a rusher. So I don't know. I mean, you know Fitzpatrick's not, he's a statue. So, um. Well, maybe part of the game plan is that they let him run around like crazy. Sure. I mean, just, but come on, right? He's not. Could gonna. be Charles Sims week. Charles Sims? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Fal- I, I understand what you're saying. Anyway, uh, so Fitzpatrick, we talked about these guys. Dalton, Taylor, Keenum, Fitzpatrick. That's how Dave would rank them. Heath, how would you rank those four? Yeah, it's, it's Dalton, Taylor, Keenum, no thank you. The guy on my team is probably better. Now, other options include Jacoby Brissett facing Tennessee, Eli Manning at Washington. The Redskins have allowed 25 or more fantasy points to five of the last seven quarterbacks they've faced. Uh, that's huge. Man, you yeah, need Sterling Shepard to play. I don't dislike Eli if Sterling Shepard could get back on the field. Right. I, his offensive line is too banged up for my taste. Matt Moore is an option at New England. The Patriots' pass defense has come around the past couple of weeks, past three weeks actually. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a little nervous about Moore. I, an interesting one for me, and I'm looking at my rankings. I've got them back to back right now, and I don't know which one I'd rather have higher: is Derek Carr against Denver and Matt Moore against the Patriots. I think. Well, we've seen Carr against Denver. It wasn't pretty. He got hurt in that yeah. game. Yeah, and Carr just did look. He looked awful against New England. Josh McCown, how do you guys feel about him facing Carolina? Not good. Not good, even though it's at home. Uh, Joe Flacco or Josh McCown? Flacco is Houston. I've got McCown ranked higher right now. It feels like I should probably. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the move right now. Live on the air? As we're speaking, Joe Flacco has just moved into the 23 spot. In the QB rankings, ahead of Josh McCown for Week 12. I don't want to trust Joe Flacco. Yeah. Matchup or not. And it's the same thing with Eli Manning. Like, these guys have amazing matchups, but you know what the track record is. Uh, Yeah, but— Let's not put Eli Manning and Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is one of the worst quarterbacks in the modern era this season. Look at their fantasy totals. At least Eli after Odell Beckham got hurt. And compare it with Flacco's, and Eli might be— he, Eli might have one game with 20 fantasy he points. Does. Flacco might have one with 18. Yeah. But, so, you know, I mean, I think Eli's got one game in his career since Beckham started playing. Not that he's had that many without Beckham, but uh, he, he never does well with, without Beckham. But but if he has Sterling Shepard, you know, I don't know they have to pick him up now. Maybe we talk about it on tomorrow's show. We'll see Joe Flacco on. is averaging 9.9 fantasy points per game. All right, let me yeah, let me pretty sp- terrible. speed okay. it up though, just because we're running out of time. And I know, guys, that owners want to stash quarterbacks for the fantasy playoffs. I mean, like Arizona's got three good matchups in the playoffs. No, thank yeah, but you. you don't know which quarterback yeah. it's going to be. So obviously, no. Baltimore. Joe Flacco's got Cleveland in Week 15 and Indianapolis in Week 16. Yes or no? No. He's averaging 9.9 fantasy points per game. Things can change. Maybe Joe Flacco breaks out of it and he starts averaging 14 fantasy points per game. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is not only good right now, but he's good for the playoffs. He has Indianapolis and Miami. It better be Tyrod Taylor. 
we don't know who Denver's quarterback's going to be, but they've got the Jets, Colts, and Redskins in the playoffs. But no, right? No, no. Yeah, Brett Hundley, would and, you stash and, him for Week 14 at Cleveland? Maybe. You know who's averaging less fantasy points per game than Joe Flacco? <laughs> Brett Hundley. <laughs> uh, would you stash Tom Savage for San Francisco in Week 15, 14? I think I could just get him before the game. Like, yeah. maybe, like, the Tuesday before. I, I, yeah, I, I just, I, it's, I'm not creative enough to understand a situation where you're, you're gonna, you have a quarterback that you would sit for Tom Savage and yet you're planning for the fantasy playoffs because you're already clinched your spot. Yeah, and how, well, I mean, I think people are gonna be worried about Russell Wilson who has the Jaguars that week. Yeah, I yeah, don't. But you're not going to set him. You're not sitting him for Tom Savage. No. Uh, who's that? got uh, no, Josh McCann has Denver. Uh, who's got Minnesota? Cam Newton has Minnesota. I mean, that's something to maybe think of. Uh, you've also got uh, Jacoby Brissett. He's at Buffalo in week 14. So we've got Tennessee, which is good. At Jacksonville, which is bad. At Buffalo, which is good. Denver, which is bad. So if you want to use Jacoby Brissett in weeks 12 and 14, that is a possibility. And Matt Moore has very good matchup. Well, no, I don't know if he does anymore because it's New England. In fact, Matt Moore might have terrible matchups depending on how good New England is. His next three games are twice against the Patriots and once against the Broncos. Uh, but Matt Moore, if Matt Moore or Jay Cutler, good in weeks 15 and 16 at Buffalo and at Kansas City. Again, you can wait to pick those guys up. And if you're in a situation where you're streaming quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers, if you're streaming quarterback and you're headed toward the fantasy playoffs, you think you're headed that way anyway, uh, and Aaron Rodgers is on your waiver wire, sash Aaron Rodgers. And if you're in a really deep league and you're worried about your quarterbacks, Blake Bortles does have very good matchups rest of season. So, like, I, I don't know. I almost feel obligated. People ask these questions. I just don't think that realistically you want to start Blake Bortles. But he does have good matchups. All right, we go yeah, to the running backs. Sorry, Dave. We go to the running backs here. I know I'm like a madman right now. Um, Deion Lewis. All those running backs in shallow leagues. Deion Lewis, Samaje Pirine, Latavius Murray. Uh, who am I forgetting here? Rex Burkhead, Alex Collins, Duke Johnson, Danny Woodhead, Jamal Williams. How do you feel about Jamal Williams, guys? He did better than expected. Yeah. Uh, because of the catches that he had. That was a pleasant surprise. But I think he'll have a similar type of a game against Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, Pittsburgh has gone four straight games without allowing more than six fantasy points to a running back in standard. They've been very good against the run lately. Yeah. Other guys in shallow leagues, Ty Montgomery. Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams. Uh, Keith, who would interest you there? Ty Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams. I guess Damian Williams, just because he has pretty consistently gotten more touches than Kenyon Drake. But I'm not, I'm not as excited about these guys as I am about a couple of the guys below them. All right, now for Williams and Drake, like the Patriots allow five yards per carry. They are a bad run defense. They don't give up a lot of fantasy points, though, probably because nobody gets a lot of carries against them. Um, so, but would would you? Are you okay dropping Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake if you have to? Yes, if you have to. Right. And then, yeah. So Heath, we like Devontae Booker. Who else? I like J.D. McKissick more than I do Eddie Lacy. I think it, what Seattle did in the second half of that game is what I've been saying for two months they should do as an offense, and it's what I have to expect at this point they're going to do. They can't run the ball with plotters. So let's get J.D. McKissick involved. Let's give him 8 to 10 carries a game, and he gets 5-plus catches a game. In PPR, he's a borderline number two running back. The problem is, is that he's a lot like Chris Thompson. If you use him too much, he will break. 
Yep. He is not a strong physical running back. But it's late he is enough a converted in the season. Receiver. This would be the exact same situation if CJ Procise were healthy and Procise were in this role. Imagine if that were the case. You know that Procise can't handle 15 carries a game. McKissick won't be able to either. Keep in mind though, San Francisco this week. It's like 25 games in a row. A running back's done well against them. 100 yards, touchdown, double digit fantasy points, whatever the heck it is. The problem is also is that McKissick won't get used in those short yardage goal line situations because of his size. It's not a L- bad Lacey, flyer, Lacey had a carry at the goal line on Monday. Yeah, it's sure, but somebody's going to do well against San Francisco. Uh, maybe they're both, you know, deep league options. I don't know. I think he's got a floor of 50 yards a game. Okay. When, and three catches on top of that in a PPR. All so right. If you're desperate for a running back, he's, he's an option. We've also talked about Austin Eckler, Corey Clement, or Clement, Marlon Mack, just hoping. Um, Rod Smith, you could drop him, but you could also, I guess, add him. I don't know. Eh. He's a good stash guy in case something happens to Morris. And Elijah McGuire. Oh, Matt Forte. What are we, is he going to play this week? Yeah, I'm not counting on him playing. Uh, he's not Let's, a bad guy. He's got to look at. practice all week first, I think. So Elijah McGuire could be in play, but he's six straight games averaging less than three yards per carry for McGuire, and he's facing yeah. Carolina, who's very good against running backs. Yep. Wide receivers. So the shallow league guys would be Muhammad Sanu against Tampa Bay. They allow the second most fantasy points to receivers. Jeremy Macklin against Houston. They're terrible. Rashard Matthews against the Colts. Sanu, Macklin, Matthews. Take a look at those guys. Other wide receivers to target. We've talked about most of these guys. Corey Coleman, Kenny Stills, Jamison Crowder, Mike Wallace, and then Bruce Ellington. He's a, he's a real like deep league guy this week or what? Deep league PPR guy. Okay. Baltimore's good against receivers. Um, well, it's not just that, and it's not just the matchup against Baltimore. It's more of a long-term approach where he's the guy who won't get double covered for the Texans because he's not DeAndre Hopkins. So Macho Man Tom Savage will throw to him. Hey, by the way, Matt Forte is owned in 71% of leagues. I do think in PPR, he's a good stash. Just, just wanted to say. Now, is there anything about these wide receivers you want to say that we haven't already? Coleman, nope. Crowder, group. No, nope. okay. Coleman's number one. Stills, Crowder, Doxson. You can pick between them to be your second option off the waiver wire. Sure. Wallace is a one-week fling, and Bruce Ellington is a PPR sleeper. Okay, tight ends. You are hoping that you can get Greg Olson, Vernon Davis against the Giants, Jack Doyle against Tennessee. Remember, he had seven for 50 and a touchdown the first time he faced the Titans. Tyler Croft facing the horrible Browns. Uh, you're hoping for Olsen, Davis, Doyle, or Croft. Heath, who's your favorite? This week or for the rest of the season? This week. This week, I think my favorite would be Davis. But yeah. rest of the season, it's Olsen. It's unfathomable that Greg Olsen could play this week and he's still 20% owned. Like, unknown. Unfathomable. Unknown, yes. Do we expect him to have a strong finish to the year? Absolutely. I expect after this week he will be a top five tight end for the rest of the season. And the best part about it is that Kelvin Benjamin no longer in Carolina, Curtis Samuel hurt. It, it, it is shaping up nicely for Olsen to come back and fall into eight targets a game. Sure. And uh, also Charles Clay, Adam Shaheen. There you go. DSTs. We like the Bengals. We like the Falcons. We like the Chargers. The Panthers are not a bad option at the Jets, 67% nope. owned. And sure. they were cut in a lot of leagues. So check to see if you can pick them back up. 
if you are looking for more than one week, what do you think about New England? They they get like no sacks, but they've also allowed 17 or fewer points to an opponent five straight games now, I think. The Dolphins allow the fourth most fantasy points to DSTs. So it's the Dolphins at the Bills at the Dolphins. What do you think about the Patriots? I think it's interesting. The Dolphins really haven't been giving up a ton of fantasy points to opposing DSTs over the course of the season. Twice in the last four weeks, they've given up some big numbers, or they've allowed some big numbers, I guess I should say. Buffalo's been a little more consistent in that regard, but I don't know if they'll keep up with Tyrod back under center. Cool. I think I'm done. No kicker discussion? You want to? Poor kickers. Well, you've got whoever replaces Jake Elliott in Philadelphia. And then Graham Gano was dropped in a bunch of leagues. You can go get him, Randy Bullock against Cleveland. Anna Vinatieri, same thing as Gano, dropped in a ton of leagues because of the bye. He's got Tennessee. And then uh, Giorgio Tavecchio if you're feeling risky against Denver. That is it for Fantasy Football today. We'll come back tomorrow. Hopefully we're talking to Greg Olson. And we will give you some more trade ana- uh, uh, analysis and playoff DSTs to stash. See ya!